happiness is a warm television set. Hello and welcome to I Don't Like Mondays, the only podcast about Garfield that me and Kat do. This is a one-take, no-edits podcast where we review every single Garfield comic. Um, as this has been going on for 41 years, we've got our work cut out for us. Today's comic is Friday the 23rd of June, 1978. And we're your hosts. I'm Guy. And I'm Kat. Um, Welcome to Garfield. Yeah. Um, this is a challenging one, I think. This what, is quite to get, challenging. To get any meat out of. Not to get any meat out of, just challenging in the sense of, did you really want to go here, Jim Davis, on your fourth comic strip? Your fourth <laughs> actual comic strip. So you've established that, that Garfield is... No, this is, is the fifth, I think. Is it the it? fifth? Christ. You've established that Garfield is lazy, hmm. you've established that he's hungry, and now you've established that he has no care for world peace or uh, any of the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, you know, the, the, the sort of, the, the, the language of peace protest, um, and he's just appropriating it for his own comic purposes. I don't see the appropriation in this. Happiness is a warm gun. What? Have you never heard that? No. Have you never heard that expression? What? Right, we're going to have to... Oh God, am I actually going to have to do some research? Why don't you introduce the first panel Okay. do some research? Uh, panel one, we have the eponymous cat Garfield atop an old-fashioned uh, 70s television set. I think there are motion lines, and I think they're supposed to make him look like he's sort of breathing contentedly in and out. But instead, it looks like he's sort of just vibrating or juddering. Oh, he does a bit, doesn't he? Oh, that's unsettling. He's got quite a sort of relaxed countenance to him. Yeah. Um, little bit smug. He looks. Give <laughs> actually, given the layout of this, I know it's an old television, and so it'll be CRT, so it'll have the vacuum tubes leading in the back. But because you can't see any of the bit where the vacuum tubes are, it looks like he's clinging onto the television just by two paws. He does, actually. And yeah, he's hanging like entirely off the it back. It looks a bit like, because of the way that the um, the television has been drawn, and because of the, quite frankly, piss-poor proportions, um, it looks a little bit like Garfield is just about to fall off at the back. Drop off there. the back, yeah, yeah and probably knock yeah. all the cables out. Yeah. Again, we see Garfield portrayed in that kind of pendulous fashion that we've become accustomed to in these uh, these early strips. Still very much of the 1970s. Um, I do quite like, actually... I mean, this is in the 70s. Yes, yeah, still That's very a, much of the 1970s. Well, I mean, it's going to be until, like, at least what, two years? 600 episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I like, actually, the flashing lights on the television. It fills me with a sense of warm nostalgia. See, I don't think that's a flashing light. I think that's a knob. I don't understand. Yeah, it might very well be. I don't understand uh, what they would do. Unless, it, as you say, with the dial, perhaps it's one of the traditional old analogue tuning You tune ones. your way yeah. in, yeah. Um, he looks... I think the expression that Jim Davis was going for in this panel is a kind of smug, contented... Yes. Look. But what it actually comes out as is unsettlingly come hither. Mm. This is very Sean Connery as James Bond, it isn't is, it? Just yeah. lying on a bearskin rug, blending into it with his sheer Scottish chest. Yeah, yeah. He. Oh, I don't like the way he's vibrating either. Mm. A little the, bit cross-eyed again, but that could be the bliss, as we've previously discussed. Yeah. There's a little bit of uh, shading in the background, but it could be the tiniest little... 
uh, superstar of smoke just lurking behind the television. Mm. Um, mm. It's it's hard to tell. The smoke monster lives. Well, we've got the biblical Garfield today. Um, we have actually, yeah. but not quite. It's it's now a um, a fraction rather than Jim. Um, yes. 623 we've got Jim Davis in the top right corner and in the bottom left uh, we've got 6 over 23 again actually I'd just like to say that I quite like the expression that Garfield has here um, notice also um, that because of the dynamism of the figure Garfield's voluminous cheek pads are actually stretched dis- and distorted and, and skewed in line with his body so we don't have that sense of the kind of plastic homogenous Garfield that we get in later strips. Oh no, like there's it, this, this Garfield certainly looks mushier. Like a, if you put some mashed potatoes in a condom. Dare I say he badly. has more, much more character than the Garfield that as I say, I'm warming. To. I'm warming to it. I'm warming to it. I think this is exposure therapy, or <laughs> as we mentioned previously, Stockholm syndrome. But. Yeah. I don't dislike it as much as I like modern Garfield. As much as I dislike, I should say. I, oh, well, I know. my Ooh, goodness, oh Freudian slip Truth of the will day. out. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't find anything particularly offensive in this. Again, as we discussed last time, if. In Felis Veritas. <laughs> in Felis Veritas, I like that. Um, imagine if this strip had just been published daily, every every single day. What, for, just a cat asleep on a sofa yeah. looking at you? Asleep on a television. So, yes, yeah. nature's sofa. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'd be okay with that. This is quite, this is quite charming. This is cute. I'm okay with this. I know. I think that looking at this picture for 41 years in a row, you'd begin to worry that you you've somehow not spotted the cat that's asleep on top of your television, like the sign that said "Do not feed the horse," and there was no horse to be found. And so oh, ev- that's the thing that happened. Yeah, at yeah. every moment since, I've been terrified that I'm inadvertently feeding the horse. You could be. You I could be feeding the know. horse right now. Mm. And I think maybe that's what that would be. Mm. But yeah, there's not much to say about this one. I suspect this is going to be quite a short it's episode. It's going to be quite a short episode, but that's absolutely fine because we haven't set ourselves a goal for the kind of length of time for any of these. No, this is utterly directionless. No, no, completely. Um, Shall we move on to the second panel then? We have to think the if there's anything one. else to be said. No, other than that, I genuinely, um, I don't, I'm not even ambivalent towards this. I'm, I'm quite, I quite like this. I've got warm feelings towards this Garfield. Oh no! Not, not I would the, not not the Garfield, just this Garfield. Genuinely, I'm astonished at how quickly it's got its claws into us. Well, I don't... yeah, maybe. But I think I think he's quite quite charming and quite cute. Anyway, have a, have a little look and see what you think. Um, should we move on to the second part? I thought you were saying me to have a little look and say, well, like, that's what I've been doing for the last five minutes. No, I was saying that to, like, the two people that are actually bothering me to listen to this, because, uh, dear the, God, they've got nothing better in their the, life. The thing that threw me is you made eye contact with me and said it to me, and so I foolishly assumed that you were telling me to have a look at Garfield. Right, now, I think the second panel, there is a little bit It's sinister, there's menace. There's menace to the There is a lurking menace. Okay, so what we can see here is... Um, the titular cat uh, has kind of, I think, pulled himself onto the television. Yeah, he's proper. back on top of it. Yeah. He's back properly on top of the television. Um, he has an expression of malevolently. Kind of, yeah, malevolently. I think is probably the best way to describe this. His hooded eyes are back. They're much smaller than we're accustomed to. Again, um, the hideous cheek pads are there, um, but he has, well. It's robbed all the charm of the previous yeah, panel. Yeah, it has. It, it's unsettling. Um, I don't like 
his countenance in this particular panel. It's not aided with the fact that the speech bubble, or rather the thought bubble, as it's Garfield here, of the internal world, it's just him going... Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's a point. Mm. Do we ever see John Arbuckle's internal world? Do we, do we ever see his thought bubbles? I don't think we do. That's Is a good he point, just a actually. philosopher zombie? I think he might be. Oh, that's a thought. Yeah. That's a, hey, no, no, well, right, that's no. a thought. Because it's, because it's, yeah, yeah. Hang on, no, because I was talking about thought bubbles, yeah. right? And so, and so when you said that's a thought, yeah. right, it's not only, like, so, so that, that can mean two things. That can mean, as well as like, hey, that's something to consider and just talk, but it can also, cat, uh, yeah, cat, it okay. can also, because yep. it's yep. about, yeah, okay. Anyway, um, it's about a thought bubble. Yeah, it's about a thought bubble. And the fact that we don't see John's internal world. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I was <laughs> about thinking, Garfield. I was thinking about Garfield the other day. Why? I was thinking, well, if, right, John Arbuckle is the cartoonist. John Arbuckle right? is the cartoonist. He's a stand-in for Jim Davis. Yes. Why has Jim Davis invented John Arbuckle, the cartoonist? Why does he have this... Clearly to live out his depraved and socially unacceptable fantasies of being a lonely man with a cat that hates well, him. this... You see, the, the, the kind of subsequent... The, the consequent thought of that is... Um, has Jim Davis created John Arbuckle as a sort of vehicle for all his hopes and fears? And, and is he channeling back, them into this We're back to combat? a Grant Morrison we're cipher. We're back to a Grant Morrison cipher, yeah. Um, but if... <laughs> Why has he chosen the vehicle of John Arbuckle? Why not simply have a a more overt self-insert? I, I don't know how much more overt you could be. But where, from whence the name John Arbuckle? It's quite kind of folksy, yeah. a little bit homesy, you know, sort of... It has overtones of... Midwestern. Midwestern sort of. domesticity. Yeah. Is that what... Is it a, a? Is he kicking against the kind of um, postmodern liberalism of the late seventies? I don't really think postmodernism had come into its own as a genre, really, or as a as a kind of cultural touchstone, had it? That was so, sort of so more of an eighties thing. You're saying that Jim Davis was so razor sharply attuned to the zeitgeist that he predicted the postmodern movement and had already had enough of it. Years, years before author, it came out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, back to Garfield. John Arbuckle. John Arbuckle, every man. Because he doesn't look like Jim Davis, does he? I don't know what Jim Davis looks like. I only know him from those lasagna cat videos where his face is occasionally flashed <laughs> up at the end and he's a, a wizened man. Um, if, if anybody wants a more savage burn of Garfield than we could ever hope to achieve, do look at lasagna cat on YouTube. They are... I mean, don't start with the one that's a five-hour um, essay about philosophy, um, but go for the ones that are three or four minutes. Mm. They're, they're good times. Um, Christ, I'm using the cat brush. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, definitely worth a lick. Um, so worth a lick. Oh, a cat brush worth it. You've you've gone again, morning side. Oh, definitely worth a lick. Oh, honestly. Um, yes, yeah, so we, as I say, we have we have Garfield kind of reclining on top of the television. He's not reclining. He's hunched. Uh, that's true, actually. Yeah, he is hunched. He looks almost ready to pounce. Mm. Um, there is has... there is a malevolent look to yeah, him. Yeah, there's an air of menace. This um, is the face of a cuckoo chick that's been really satisfied that it's just yeeted out every other egg in the nest. That's true, actually. Yeah, um, and yet there's no 
immediate uh, cause for Garfield to be so smug about this. Yeah. What's What's he thinking of? What's he about to do? Yeah. Is he um, about to have a wry remark? We've got far too much set up for what is essentially a really, really bizarre payoff. Um, See, I so before you get to the sort of the denouement of this phrase, which is apparently a thing, I genuinely just thought it was an absolutely purposeless, valueless, empty calorie lump of a comic about a cat enjoying being warm. I don't think it is. No, do you want to just sort of okay, I'll, I'll jump give a on description to... of the, the final panel? So we're on panel three, and there's a little bit more sort of smoke in the background. And the first time we've seen sort of solid black bars in the background. I don't know if that's um, worth commenting on beyond the fact that they're there. But they're there. Uh, Garfield is on top of the television. Um, his If he had fingers, which he doesn't, they'd be sort of touching, just tucked under the front of his chin. Um, almost in prayer. He's got a beatific look to his face, eyes closed in bliss, ears pointing forwards, and he is thinking to himself with a great beaming smile, happiness is a warm television set. Right, you're going to have to bear with me because I've had three glasses of wine and a glass of Pims and I'm about to go a bit David Foster Wallace. Right, so, um, happiness is a warm television set. The Beatles, um, in 1968, um, issued a song as part of their, let's have a look, which album was it? Oh, part of the album, The Beatles, called Happiness is a Warm Gun. Now, gun. that gun. Right, in okay, it's nothing to do with dentistry. Uh, now, that title was derived by John Lennon from an article in the May 1968 issue of American Rifleman, which was the magazine of the National Rifle Association. Um, so, just reading from Wikipedia here, Lennon recalled his reaction to the phrase, I just thought it was a fantastic, insane thing to say. A warm gun means you just shot someone. Now... That in itself, the, the so the song title was derived from uh, the NRA magazine, and the NRA magazine uh, article was derived in itself from the headline of the title of a best-selling book by Peanuts cartoonist Charles M. Schultz, Happiness is a Warm Puppy. So what we have here is a, a mirror set up against mirror set up against mirror in an increasingly inane... Um, uh, Russian doll set of self-referential um, explications of uh, a, a phrase which ultimately is derived from, as we say, you know, happiness is a warm puppy, charming, wholesome, adorable, sweet, wholesome. very peanuts. Um, yeah, uh, adopted by the NRA. Fuck knows why it becomes something dark and obscene, frankly obscene, hey, to the, describe a warm gun. The growing soul is nourished best with tears. Well, tears of sadness. Well, yeah, and I, 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 no, just just that's that's a sort of you know again a quotation from Peanuts. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so the NRA has, has, has adopted this expression, um, and then um, as I say, we have the 1968. Um, uh, sorry, the, the the 68 issue in the NRA. And then we have the, the Beatles song, Happiness is a Warm Gun, um, which is transforming and transfiguring um, the uh, sincerity of the NRA article into something ironic. It's appropriating it um, for the purposes of the peace movement um, to say isn't this an obscene and disgusting thing to say? You know, to, to a warm gun means you've just shot someone. And here in 1978, around about 10 years later, we have Davis 
placing this phrase which has by now become part of the the uh, the, the kind of landscape in terms of um, you know the language that's used to, to describe the you know, peace movement issues all the rest of it um, it, it's become almost a cliche and it's been transformed again into happiness is a warm television set this 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 cat this this orange menace um has again sort of transformed something into uh, oh god i don't even know just a nothing it's, it's a, a nothing a fridge it's magnet a fridge magnet yeah so this the the the, the derivation of this phrase um, there's supposed to be, I think, again, another layer of irony, but all it comes out as is, is bathos. It's just piffle. It's... When, when was the Kent State shooting? Oh, God, I was in the 60s, wasn't I? Uh, 67, I want to say, or was okay, it? I was just like horrifyingly worried that it might be closer to the publication. Oh, 17, 1970. Yeah, I thought it was in the 70s. So this is interesting, because we've, we've come at this comic from two very different directions and had very different experiences, but both paths seem to lead to the same road. All roads lead to is Rome. This, is this, is, I want to say that in reducing this elevated phrase to the level of a warm television set uttered by a cat in a domestic setting in a... a daily newspaper i think it's trying to reclaim the no i don't think so i want i want to say that that's sort of um i don't even know what what the way to describe it would be um he's kind of it's a cat on a television it's a cat on a television i don't know there's just something in it there's something in the bathos of it in this this utter nonsense that's been described here that that he wants there to be a kind of uh, arch irony to it but what it actually is he gesturing towards a critique of capitalism where everything becomes yeah i know i know i know <laughs> but <laughs> oh christ where we derive Garfield our we derive our comfort we derive our strip comfort five is jim davis yes yeah, we derive our comfort and security constructing a critique of capitalism <laughs> we derive our comfort and security With from the products of capitalism Karen would from, have. from consumer goods you know instead of the 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 passion of the peace movement of the 60s now in 78 we have the complacency uh, and and sort of ironic instability of Garfield sitting on top of a fucking warm television set. I genuinely think it's interesting how we've both come at this from such different directions. All right, you tell me yours. Well, the way I read it, because I didn't know the phrase happiness is a warm gun, why would I? Or a warm puppy. So or a warm puppy. What, what Davis is also doing here is kind of positioning himself He's as shadowing the, direct, it better. the direct descendant of Schultz. One thing I've learned from comedy, because you won't pick this up from the podcasts and the words that I say, but I am a comedian. Um, one thing that I've learned is if you're doing comedy and you want to reference something, especially if it's a comedy, don't reference it directly. Because then you're putting yourself up against something yes. that is demonstrably good. Yeah. If you've, if you're, you're inviting direct comparison. Yeah. Do, don't... Don't use a Simpsons reference as a line in what you're saying, because then people will think, oh, it's The Simpsons. That was good for seven seasons. Or, you know, mm. another comedy which is good. So, yeah, that's a ballsy manoeuvre to even sort of 
dare hint towards sharing the same air as Schultz. We've, we've moved from the, as I say, the wholesome, um, interconnected humanity of happiness is a warm puppy. There's something very the... basic and lovely about that, isn't yeah, there? That's yeah. really it's, it's, it's homespun values. It's motherhood yeah. and apple pie. But because Schultz is doing it, um, it's it's unironic. It's yeah. uh, it's sincere. And you can because it's because it's Schultz, you can like look for something yeah. tinged with a, a bit of a bit of melancholy to it, or yeah. you know future melancholia. Yeah. Whereas here, um, we have, and I think I, I see. I think that Davis is trying to impress on us Scarfield's fundamentally shallow nature. But what he ends up doing in inviting that comparison, as you've said, is only to to highlight his fundamentally yeah. shallow nature. I think that's fair. What I got from this. It was a three-panel comic <laughs> of a cat sitting on a television set and then looking pleased and thinking, happiness is a warm television set. I read this comic and I thought, okay, that cat enjoys being warm. Not much to see here, guys, but I can see that being a fridge magnet or a T-shirt you'd wear when you're six on holiday to Corfu. <laughs> Isn't that itself just, you know, a little bit horrifying? Garfield as embodiment of late-stage capitalist... Um, oh, what's the word? Complacency? Well, it depends on which way you're, you're looking at this. Like, our cats enjoy being warm. I can oh, now yeah. see one of our cats is sitting where I was sitting a little while ago because my bum warmed it. I don't think he is making some sort of metatextual comment about... I don't know, renting in the 21st century or the plight of millennials in trying to get a decent well, living wage. no, that's because he's just sitting on a cushion. If he was sitting on a copy of a, you know, a landlord contract, then you might be able to derive something. Well, no, he'd that. still be a cat sitting on a landlord's contract. Like, yeah, but he's not a cartoon cat sitting on a television set. And, and there, therein lies the fundamental difference. There's some intent here, and I'm not entirely sure what the intent is. I think it's intending to show that Garfield, the cat, is enjoying sitting on top of a warm television just, just set. Just for the record, I don't genuinely believe that Jim Davis is um, proposing or exploring a kind of critique oh, of... Oh, come on, don't break kayfabe. No, 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 I don't, I don't genuinely think that. I don't think... That, but I do think that in referencing what by this point had become something of a cliché, um, both sort of linguistically and conceptually... Um, he's trying to position himself in some way in mainstream culture um, that both references those precursors and simultaneously seeks to try and transform them um, in, into what... I, th I think, do you think this is kind of in some way um, prefiguring or almost anticipating the 80s obsession with consumer culture? So you're saying like this is the, the, the McDonald's burger... This is the McDonald's burger. You know, Garfield is sitting on top of the warm television set, appropriating the language of the 60s, 70s peace movement. Um, and um, in doing so, kind of... Yeah. And, and, and it's ironic that Garfield became one of the embodiments of the, you know, throwaway 80s consumer culture with all of the, you know, the telephones. The telephones. On the beach. Can I, can I just say, from where I'm sitting as we're recording this podcast, I've just looked over to see the entire collection of Gary Larson's The Far Side. <laughs> the complete collection, every single comic drawn for syndication in three large volumes. 
fuck, I'd wish we'd done that. I love Gary Larson. You know what, after we're done with this, I'm going to make myself coffee and sit and read The Fast Life. After we've done with this, we'll be 41 years in the future. Oh, Jesus. That coffee is going to go cold. Oh, no, it will yeah. Right, any further thoughts? Because I want some no, of that ice cream. No, no, I, I just... You think there's something to this? I think, I don't... Right, I don't think there's intentionally something to it. But I do think that this is almost archetypal, and I do think it, um, in in that I think it anticipates, either probably unintentionally, um, the uh, what's the word? You know, um, when people are obsessed with something pre something or other, I can't remember the word. Anyway, the the eighties obsession with consumer culture and um, uh, deriving comfort from participation in the market. Predisposition, predilection. No, no, it's not one of those. But it'll come to okay. me eventually at like three in the morning. Quick, let's record a bonus episode oh, when you stop. do. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's about a cat that's on a warm telly. Yeah, it might be fair enough. Just to be on the cloud is bag. Yeah, yeah, we Just we, we clock that, and then yeah. that, that ominous black shape. On the note of a seventies TV, uh, the TV I had in my room when I was a wee kid had a remote control, but a wired one that had a three and a half mil jack that plugged into a hole in it. Did it? It did. That's unsettling. Yeah. I used to have dreams that my um, that there was a VCR unit and at night I would dream that it stopped pumping oxygen into my room, don't know why I believed it did that, and started pumping carbon dioxide and uh, tried to slowly kill me. So, healthy obsession with popular culture. Mm. Oh, there's something in that as well. Yeah, no, I know there is. That's why yeah. I need to see a therapist. Yeah. 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 Anything else to say about this? No, no, no I bored everyone enough with yeah, my, uh, Jesus my wept. critical exploration of Garfield as harbinger of, um, you know... The 80s. The 80s. Cocaine culture. Yeah. Garfield as harbinger and simultaneous prophet of postmodernism. So what you're saying is we should do a recut of The Wolf of Wall Street, but every time it clicks onto Leonardo DiCaprio's character, we have... The CG Garfield. No, I think we should have um, redoing of the Wolf of Wall Street, but instead of uh, um, full close-ups on Leonardo DiCaprio's character, every third frame is one of those Garfield clocks with the eyes that move from side to side. That's a good shape. Yeah. You know, they're making a um, an immersive Wolf of Wall Street, like an immersive. No? Can you imagine anything worse? Can you did, imagine? Did they not understand the? No, clearly. Oh my god! Did, can you imagine the like sort this... of punters that will go to that it, actual cocaine exact, exactly, bastards? Exactly the same kind of people who would go to a Great Gatsby party. Yeah. 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 Anyway, cool. Cool. fuckers, one and all. Yeah, do you want to do the uh, the suggestions? Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, suggestions for search today. by keywords. Yep. So if you go to Garfield.com and you want to search by keywords, these to are the keywords favorite. which are suggested. Yep. To find your favourite Garfield comic strip, um, suggestions today are coffee, Mondays, mornings, and vet. Yep. Um, I feel like I should point out at no point in the five we've seen so far have coffees, Mondays, mornings, or vets been mentioned. No, no, they haven't. No, no. So I um. Uh, I'm excited to meet those in play, so to speak, mm. and anticipating uh, coffee Mondays mornings and vet coming up very soon. I've just realised when when this hits the big time, mm. which it's bound to, because frankly, who doesn't want to hear two pseudo intellectuals sort of off. titting about because mouthing off sort of a little bit, you know, yeah. drunkenly on my so, phone anyway. So when we get a co- like a coffee page to help fund this, that will be thematically opposite. Coffee, buy yeah. Garfield a coffee. Coffee, yeah, buy Garfield yeah. a coffee. Buy, buy him a coffee. Oh, there's something in that as well. 
but I can't be using asked. using the language of the. Oh, who cares? Neon <laughs> 80s. <laughs> Kylie and Jason. Who cares? Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, well, if you've enjoyed this podcast, um, I highly suggest running into a wall with your head lowered at great speed to see if that sorts you out. Um, if you'd like to, what are you laughing at? This was a bad one, Catherine. This I was. Just, I've got, I've got views about Garfield. <laughs> I've got opinions. I've had a glass of wine. Good lord. Um, so, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at Brain Mage. I am at Wangleberry. And thank you very much for listening to I Don't Like Mondays. Do uh, do tell your friends if you've enjoyed it. So they'll know to keep their distance. Yeah. Yeah. They'll know to stay away. <laughs>